We're moving swiftly on and we go from the old to the new course as well from Thursday and Friday. Um, that will be the track that will be running on at Cheltenham. And we'll begin with the Turners Novices Chase. Two mile four furlongs is the trip and very likely to be a very warm order at the top of the market will be Gordon Elliott's Mighty Potter. who's looked at an exceptional chaser compared to his hurdle days. And uh, he's got everything everything running for him really he's uh he's a horse that clearly jumps very well um i thought it was spectacular ross at the dublin racing festival and davy russell looks like he'll be on board jack kennedy's going to be he won't be able to ride but what do you what do you make of him are you with him or against him uh, i'm against him part of its price i'm not sure he's going to want the the lively ground assuming the rain doesn't come you know that's that is a big assumption mm. Um, and you're going to laugh at me again now, but, you know, a nine-length beating the Gaia de Menil at the Racing Festival over the trip doesn't really impress me. You mm. know, Gaia de Menil is slow. Yeah. You know, three miles, six furlong, National Hunt, chase slow. Um, so at the price, I can, I can live without him. He, they clearly think a lot of him, and that has to be respected. Um, but Gordon, it's not, not been rattling in the winners in the last couple of seasons. You know, they've mm. had quite a few expensive flops. Um, this is clearly a smart horse, um, but I just love Banbridge. You know, the where he came from in the Irish Arkle to fly home, I thought was smart. I loved how he jumped around Cheltenham at the start of the year, and that form has subsequently worked out pretty well. You know, Tommy Oscar, rated 152, he's won at Doncaster since. Even Fusain, who was a different county back in fifth, has, has won twice since, and he's up to 118. Mm. Um I just really love Bambridge. And he, you know, he won, won over this course last time, albeit over hurdles. It's definitely going to stay out, like I say, outpacing the Irish Barkle. The Fairy House run is the worry. But I think yeah. you could just, if you've watched Bambridge, as I think we all have, you knew after jumping two fences, he was not on it that day, whether it was a fairly quick turnaround after two runs, whether it was the softer ground. I'm inclined to think it was a softer ground. You look back for his form and, every single one of his subpar runs is on softer ground. So if the rain comes, I think that does help Mighty Potter and I think it hinders Banbridge, but working on the basis that I think even if the rain comes, it's going to take a bit of rain to change it because it's been so dry. Yeah, I love Banbridge. I think he's a really, really nice horse. Yeah, and two from two at Cheltenham. And whereas Mighty Potter, being there once, pulled up in oh, Constitution Hills Supreme, yes, he looks like a different proposition over fences and he's that year older. Um, but I think to go back to your point that we made earlier about Jerry Colom, who had been placed very well to get the best out of him, he's gone to the harder races and, mm -hmm. and done everything he's needed to, hence his price. Yeah, he deserves to be short, but I think he is slightly too short. And much like Ross has just said there, I think it's a match between the two, Mighty Potter uh, and Bambridge. I snagged a bit of 12s earlier in the year on Bambridge, and I'm going to stick loyal to him. I think right now he should be vying for favouritism, despite the fact his recent form maybe isn't as good as Mighty Potter's, but it's not too far behind. Mm. Um, so he's still a good price at what, I don't know what price he is, nine to two, five to one, something like that. I still think that's fair. Um, Mighty Potter, you said good jumper. I'm not convinced. I think generally a good jumper, but he is prone to one terrible mistake. He's done it in all of his races so far. And if he does that at Cheltenham, he could be on the back foot. Mm. I also don't love his head carriage. He like runs with his head to the one side. It's just a bit, you know, it doesn't stop him. It's mm. just not aesthetically pleasing. Um, and as you've touched on, which is my main angle against him, one start at Cheltenham, terrible. Worst effort of his career. Mm. Maybe that was a blip. Maybe it had nothing to do with the track whatsoever. But I'm going to factor in that it did have something to do with the track. So I want to take him on. And I think Bambridge, who's two from two at Cheltenham, I saw him in, November, in the November meeting and he was phenomenal. Jumped brilliantly. Weak opposition, but still won very decisively. Yeah. I've got to take him, even at the prices now. Yeah, he's he's more reliable, you think, which is silly to say when you've seen so many ones against Mighty mm. Potter's name. But we saw... Ross asked obviously, what happened with Gallup and Deschamps. I know it's, it's still oh, difficult thanks. to talk don't, about. Yeah, but if I can, just from a horseman's perspective, you know, these are novices. They are prone to a few errors and one small could cost them. So with Bambridge, who we know can jump an axe at the track, track he, he sort of gives you a bit more confidence than, than a horse that still might have his question marks. Yeah, I think Mighty Potter can just launch at one, can't yeah. he? And Chalton was not a track you want to do that. There's enough downhill fences and Fences situated on, you know, situated on angles and just out of turns and things like that. Whereas Banbridge looks very measured in everything he does. Probably, if you had a contest, who can jump further? Mm. Mighty Potter would would win that one against Banbridge. But Banbridge is very consistent, and I think consistency and ability 
is, is what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm going to go for a bold prediction here. Third last at Cheltenham, Mighty Potter's going to be there on the snaff and he's going to make a terrible blunder and Banbridge is going to capitalise. Okay, interesting. I, that's exactly why I want to bring up the Gallup and Deschamps point because I think that this is the, the Cheltenham test is a completely different kettle of fish to lolloping around Leopardstown. Um, I... I like Bambridge. I loved him last year for the Martin Pipe. It was a, a brilliant moment and the re- reason why I wasn't in a good way on the Saturday after Cheltenham. But I, <laughs> I, I, I just think that there might be classier horses in here. I'm going to go for Balco Coastal. I'm interested to see him stepping up and trip. I think he's better going left-handed. Uh, we've seen him jumping out of, out of his left a little bit, stand down at Kempton. Um, I think that they're, that team, Nicky Henderson team, is excellent at sort of ironing out a few creases. And I think he's still got a few creases. So I'm interested in him at a bit of bit of a better price um, coming into this race. I think Nicky Henderson say, we need to step him up and trip and we need to do this. So he's just working him out and I'm excited by his by his profile. Um, whereas we could we could have seen the best of which is I've said for a couple of horses, which could be said for Mighty Potter. So I don't think he's a good thing. We should mention appreciate it, shouldn't we? You know, he's a, he's a smart horse. Um, I'm just not sure he's quite what he was, actually, um, is, is the opinion I'm starting to, yeah. to come to. There was, I, mean, I love him, but there, mm-hmm. was not, there were no excuses last no. time, were there? No, I tipped him last time, and I'm well off that bandwagon now, I have to say. If he bounced right back to his best, he would definitely be a leading player. But, um, yeah, you can forgive a horse a bad run, but that was a little bit too bad, I think. He finished weakly, but he went with the pace. So you say, OK, maybe a slower pace, he's finished better. But actually, Dice up down and went hard yeah. and didn't mm. necessarily finish any weaker. That's the yeah. concern for me. Yeah, I hate to not Willie Mullins, cause especially because I know he listens to the podcast. But um, <laughs> I... He doesn't because Sagerhard's in the wrong race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it was the best idea trying to turn him into a champion hurdle horse last year. And now he's nine and it's going to just be difficult to find his level. Um, but that is the, the, the turners to begin day um, three, the Thursday. Um, Bambridge for TC and Ross, and I'm going for Balco Coastal. Right, we're going to go head on to the Ryanair, where I think I'd say the sponsors, although I'm not too sure what they think, um, they're probably quite relieved that this race has actually turned out to be more of a more, more of an interesting race than, than what it was, when, especially with it was going to just be about Alaho, wasn't it? All about Alaho was could he make it three in a row, and that would have been brilliant, but there wasn't a huge amount else going on. And now Shishkin doing what he did last time at Ascot, winning the Ascot chase. As you know, we've discussed on our podcast, Ross, he's, he's just shown to be what, what what we've always known is there. But essentially, this is his trip and it, so many avenues can might open up after this if he does get the job done, which makes it exciting. I just hope he does. And then he could turn into a King George horse at least. I'm not going to think about anything beyond that. But it's Shishkin's race to, to lose, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's been a lot of chat this week about can he bounce, will he bounce? Well, he, he he can't bounce because a bounce happens on the back of a second run after a long layoff. Long when yeah. on your first run, you put in a, a huge performance. Mm. He ran in the, the Tingle Creek. That was his first run. He had a short layoff um, and then, you know, had his little issues fixed, had a little wind up, went up in trip, looked look reformed by going that gear slower Obviously, a few things fixed. Um, he's arguably better left-handed. He's shown he can handle the track. Um, you know, he can get beaten because there is a, you have to question, is he becoming a bit fragile? You know, if they had to do a lot of repair work after, after last time. Um, but for me, he's the only horse I can look at. I, I've backed him anti-post. I'm not going near him at four to six, just because mm. I wouldn't go near many horses at four to six at Chantham Festival. And, there is a question that he's got to go and show he backs it up. But this is, I was looking at the exact same turnaround in number of days between uh, his uh, Desert Orchid chase to the Clarence House chase, which was, you know, clearly his best piece of form up until arguably last time. Mm. Yeah, look, it is a bit skinny now, isn't it? But I think that's because it's a reflection on the competition that he has to run against because I don't think he has to be as good as he was at Ascot last time to to win this race. It'll be interesting what they do with Blue Lord. He is a horse that I've, I did a lot of time for. Very disappointed to see him beaten at one to four last time out. Will they send him here? Not too sure. Does it really matter? No, uh, yeah. in short, it's Shishkin <laughs> for the taking. Uh, based on his uh, Ascot chase win last time out, Shishkin should be two to five. So there is value there. But as Ross touched on, not only do you not really want to be plunging on a short price favourite at Cheltenham, no matter who the horse is, 
maybe Constitution Hill aside if you're mm. desperate for that short price uh, big bet. But um, Shishkin does have that fragility. There is there is a worry that he's going to do what he did last year at Cheltenham. A small worry mm. where he got to like the third fence and pulled up and that was game over. No one expected it. So you've got to factor that into the price. And that's probably why he's four to six and not two to five. And also, I don't want to be that guy that goes and bangs the same drum that's completely irrelevant. But Conflated should be in this race, much like Sagard should be in the stairs hurdle. <laughs> if, if Conflated was in this race, he'd be second favourite and I'd be yeah. tipping him. I mean, I backed, I backed him Antipose, which is probably why I'm saying it. And so adamant that he should be in running here. But um, the connections are going incorrectly to the, the yeah, gold cup. Which he won't win. Which he cannot win. Yeah. Like, gen- genuinely cannot win. Well, if they ran here. I'll myself saying that, but yes, continue. <laughs> if, he, if he ran here, he'd be in my opinion, at least second, uh, maybe win if Shishkin drastically underperforms, but he's not. So this is really Shishkin's for the taking. Yeah, um, it's ironic, really, that the, the Ryanair guys aren't sending their horse to their race. But mm. anyway, just... You've got it, Fury Road, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I suppose. Um, and, he, you know, he might he might be, he'd find it tough against a good Shishkin. I suppose it's one of those things we'll know going down to post if Shishkin's in the heart that he was at. Yeah, you'll know really early on that yeah. he's either there and then barring mishaps, it's his for the taking, or he's not. Yeah, okay, I think we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. I think it's a resounding agreement that Shishkin will win the Ryanair, so um, we've, we've agreed. <laughs> we've agreed on one. <laughs> Didn't think it would be that one, but anyway, we'll move on. Let's go to the Stairs Hurdle, um, the championship race on day three. Three miles is the trip. Normally a race that people would rather not have to discuss. It doesn't really have much um, excitement around it, but it's really come into its own. It's in vogue at the moment, this race. It's cool to talk about the stairs hurdle. Um, and Blazing Carl um, tops the betting. Just the most amazing story, isn't it, isn't it really? He's, he's lame one day, he's not the next. He absolutely <laughs> brilliant last time. He is one, though, talking about the bounce factor that could bounce, yeah. can't he? So that is the question with him. We've got Tiapu's really been a bit of a revelation, stepping up in trick. Marie's Rock. Will they make the right decision and send her here? Florin Porter, last year's winner and the year before, who's not had a bad prep in, home by the Lee, who's been um, very, very good. And then you've got the likes of Classical Dean, Dream, it sounds like he's going to run, and uh, a former winner in Paisley Park. This really, it, uh, it's just a genuinely a good race, TC. Yeah, it's a really good race. And Blazing Cow is the popular horse right now on social yeah. media, isn't he? Everyone thinks he's a good thing, largely led by uh, a parody account who uh, keeps talking him up as an absolute cert, but uh, I don't believe that one bit. I think he's a terrible price, actually, Blazing Cow. He could easily win this race. You know, he's won his last four. He's impressive. He's still improving, but three to one is just poor, given what he's actually done on the track. Um, if he wasn't Charles Burns trained, I'd say he'd be six to one in this race. Uh, Florian Porter, I've already said, <laughs> I, I can't see him winning. You know, I'd love to see him turn up in the race. There was a, a portion of time where we were concerned he would even make the race, and therefore my bet or bet regret, whatever, where I said that if he wins, I'll do any forfeit of both of your choosing. What have choosing. we decided? It's Everton, an Everton, Everton jersey at Kempton or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that all day because yeah, he, okay. he, he won't win. Um, but uh, it'll be good to see him run here because he's won it the last two years. Mm. I had to find an, uh, an alternative because I like to get hard anti-post. Obviously, it's not going here. Um, uh, have <laughs> I said have enough? Not talking about it. <laughs> uh, and the alternative is T. Hoopoo. Um, more and more, I'm getting confident that he's going to win this race, which is surprising because I don't really like the stayers year on year as one of my uh, leading races to focus on. But take out his two runs on good ground, um, la- uh, yeah, last year, one in the champion hurdle, one in the Irish champion where he mm. disappointed both times. Almost flawless record. He's won eight from nine starts. Sold a feet came when he was done for toe over two miles by a horse called Jeff Kidder, who was off the flat, um, which is perfectly you know, understandable. Two runs this year, both been superb. Clearly stays the distance well, got a turn of foot. Seems to have everything you need to win a stayers. Mm. The one doubt I would have is if the rain doesn't affect the ground. Because if it is good ground, then I would slightly cool off him a little bit. But if it's soft, yeah, I think he's got a phenomenal chance. What about the sort of mighty Potter point about the only time he's been to Cheltenham he ran badly? That's true, but it was early in his career. Mighty Potter was early. very bad. It was yeah. very bad. Early though. in his career. Was, he, he earned an RPR of uh, zero in that race, <laughs> Mighty Potter. Uh, T. Hoopoo ran slightly better than that. Um, I understand I understand that, but good ground, I think, was the reason for that yeah. defeat. Yeah, and he's obviously been improved for a trip as well, hasn't yeah. he? Um, yeah. <sighs> just not sure if I love... I'm not in love with the horse. I don't know why. It's just not... It's something about him I I can't get behind. Um, but I can I can see the cases. Um, and yeah, I think that, that Cheltenham thing just, it just sort of sticks out with me when you look at the form. You're like, well, 
that was really bad um, in and around some really, really good performances. So that just takes off, especially with the price that he is. Blazing Carl, obviously, Charles Bernstein, this was Sol Whip before. Got to mention also the French horse, Gold Tweet, he'll be supplemented. Um, Gabriel Leander is happy to, to pay, the, pay the money. Probably got just a perfect run round, didn't he, last time out? And I don't know if the form is as good as some of the others. For me, and I don't know what you think, it's all about do they make the right decision about Marie's Rock? Because I think with the weight allowance that she is, the form that she's been in, she could win this race. Yeah, history's proven that £7 weight allowance for the mares mm. in these championship races yeah. is, is a really big advantage. She jumps, yet she perhaps travels a bit keen, but she always finds plenty at the end of her races. I think this is absolutely tailor-made for her, yeah. provided the ground doesn't go soft. I think Tihupu definitely needs soft ground. And I just... I'm yet to be sold that he's an out-and-out -out stayer because they didn't go hard in the Galmoy. They sort of dawdled and he sprinted away and he had he had more class and it was a fairly weak race. Um, so at the price I could leave him alone, if it comes soft on the day, I think it gives him a much better chance. Mm. Blazing Carl, I'm completely with TC. You know, he, his form last year tied him in somewhere near Giulio Bello, who Paul Nichols is not even going to run here. Yeah. Um, and... It was really impressive last time. I think is a big danger. He bounces. Although you imagine of all the people training, Charles Burns has probably mm. got a way around that. But the second and third um, are limited, aren't they? Meet and greet and, and Beacon Edge are pretty limited over the hurdles. Mm. So I can leave him. Flooring Porter. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I'm sad, but I actually have on the Everton shop a shirt set yeah. <laughs> with Porter yeah. 3 on it, ready to go. <laughs> um, but I think he, even if he does run, I think, there's a potential steering Falange can run. Dash or Drasher is probably going to run. He might just not be able to do things his own way this yeah. time. Um, if they do run, it can create a, a forcible pace. And I can see myself the morning of the race having a few good on Paisley Park as well. Because I think a strong pace. He's definitely in better form this season. Yeah. Last time in the Cleave, they didn't go hard enough. You know, it turned into a sprint and the French horse out-sprinted him. Um, they go hard. I think you come up the hill as well as anything, and he's a big price. But for me, yeah, please, Mr. Henderson, uh, supplement Reese Rock for this. I think he's got a great chance. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I must say, if you've listened to our preview podcast, I've always been a Florian Porter fan. I think one of the reasons why we're, we, what we, we've got this, this running, um, uh, sort of forfeit for TC is because I was so, so wanting and hoping for him to be, you know, one of my biggest anti post plays of the festival. But, this setback is not ideal. It really isn't. And it just dents my confidence a little bit. But if they, and if Gavin Cromwell can perform the Oracle, which, you know, he's very likely to, but it just worries me just slightly. So um, it would be a no bet for me if Marie's Rock doesn't run essentially, um, because I think it's a watching brief because I feel like anything can happen. It could be a bit of a mess, couldn't it? Um, but Marie's Rock with that weight allowance, do what, doing what, is it, Quevega or Annie Power, who was it that we were always desperate? We always wanted a mare to run in this race. I think it must have been Quevega. Mm -hmm. And she ran so many times in the mare's hurdle. But it, and it was like, give, just go, go for it. Go for it. Give it a go. And it, it turns it into a better race. Mare's hurdle is a good race anyway. Um, so hopefully they, they, they decide. So we'll see. We'll watch this space for the stayers. Uh, myself and um, Ross for Marie's Rock and Tiupu for TC. Okay, from talking about mares, we're going to head into the mares novice race um, next. And uh, we what, didn't talk about this at the beginning. Um, and I want to mention it now because Lucia, if she, she might be still a, an option for the Supreme. And I think it's worth noting that I know that you, Ross, were keen on her if she does run in the Supreme. Are you still keen on her yeah, wherever, regardless wherever she goes? Wherever she goes. In the Supreme, she gets the weight. In this, she's just vastly superior to mm. all of them, I think. Um, I think there's still a bit of room for improvement in her jumping, but she was better last time than she was the time before. High-class bumper form. doesn't matter whether the ground is quick or bottomless. She can go on it all. I think she's miles clear of these. Um, I, I like Princess So She's been a really nice story. Yeah. I didn't think she looked like a natural jumper last time. I thought she was brilliantly ridden by Danny Mullins who managed every single foot for her and got the job done. I'd be surprised if she's got the ability to, to handle this sort of test. Um, and then obviously just a mention for Katira who does hold an entry in this. Yeah, This is a drop back to two miles and I think she's two mile four horse. So hopefully uh, she she goes for the, the Ballymore. But if she's in this, I will obviously have to have a few pound on because I'd be sick if... She won, mm. I didn't. 
Yeah, um, Lucia, about 13 to 8. It's unusual for Nikki Henderson to start a horse off and uh, over hurdles in a, in a listed race. That's just what, what he regards her as. But I do like, and she jumps very well. She's the best jumper of, of this field. I just don't know what she's been beating. Um, that's my slight question mark at the prices. Um, and I just think Willie Mullins... As, as a horse in Astro Diamond who has been running to a high standard. So she just edges it for me. But I would like to see, I think Lucia has the potential to to be better. It's just, I, I'm just uncertain about, you know, the point that we've made about horses we're saying just beat, beating trees, you know, that yeah. that's what, what we said about Impera Pass. Potentially. I, I don't disagree with that she's been beating nothing, but also this race, there aren't many others that have actually been beating something. Like most of them are, beating trees so she comes in here in my opinion as one of the probably bankers of the week um i can't really add much to what ross has said apart from the fact that it's very rare that you get a mare running in the mares um her novice hurdle that could run in the supreme i think lorena is probably the only anomaly in the last few years that was in 2018 yeah. obviously the the good lorena before she went downhill um and lucia could be the second uh, mare to fit that brief so yeah i just think she wins she's got the highest cruising speed the best turn of foot she jumps up fine like her technique isn't great, but she gets from one side to the other rapid. Uh, yeah. I think she wins. Yeah, okay. Cheer. A lot of confidence behind her. Um, I well, Let's see what happens. I reckon that it's likely that other states, the mayor's novices, um, and when, when they confirm that, I should probably get even shorter, so it's best to get her now. Um, I'm just, again, at, just at the price is going to go against her and go for Astro Diamond, but it's tentative, not not a huge, not a huge amount of interest in getting too involved in this from a betting perspective okay um that's the main look at all the the, the feature races on thursday we've got again plenty of handicaps the potemps the plate the commure so ross any fancies from any of them yeah i've got a few handicap pants on thursday in the plate i really like fugitive he's a horse i followed all year um they'd like some rain for him i spoke to the owner they say he's in really really good order they're considering Cheap pieces might just help him travel okay. in the early part of the race, but obviously he likes his track. I love that's all right, Gino. Um, I think he's got loads of pace. I think he should have won at Kempton last time. Um, I think he was given too much to do. Mm. And behind that was a big run behind Stage Star. Um, behind that, where I think he was ridden to find out if he was going to stay the trip. I was always very confident he would. I think he'd be ridden more aggressively. Now they know he stays. Um, and then one that I'm really sweet on at a big price. Again, another Nicky Henson horse, Fusil Raffles. Mm. Form after layoffs, 150 days or more, is one, 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 and two. But that second was behind Brave Man's Game, beaten five lengths, but he was giving him £12. Um, his form did tail off over fences last year, but he finished with a decent effort at Sandon over hurdles off 149, um, I think off 145. If they've got him back, he's absolutely thrown in. He was second in Turners two years ago over this course. And, trip and then in the Kim Muir again the John Joe horses Mombeg genius if he doesn't go in the Ultima yeah Kurseren, um both of them I think would be better suited to the Ultima with a professional jockey on and I'm not sure which amateur John Joe could get his hands on I think Mr. Incredible was an incredible effort last time in the classic chase where again he was very clearly ridden to get the trip to get his piece of form that makes him eligible for the Grand National I think they know he stays now they can ride him more yeah. forward and he'll have a good amateur on him most likely Packing Mullins. But then one that I really like that might not be quite so obvious is Rapper. Really impressive, of course, in distance on New Year's Day. Held up off the pace, finished really well. And Alice Stevens will ride him. She is really, really, really good. Mm. Seven pounds she'll yeah, claim in this pounds, as well yeah. against amateurs that won't be able to claim. And she's really well suited by hold up rides. Seen her do it all season, you know, just times it brilliantly. I think he's a smart horse, around about 25 to 1. He'd be one of my big plays for an each-way place this this week. Okay, brilliant. Some really interesting selections. I actually saw Fusa Raffles at the Kempton uh, workout last week and looking really good in himself. I'd like to hear. Um, and, uh, yeah, son of who I've done a bit of a profile on. I think he's going to have quite a good week as a, a sire and a broodmare sire as well, and sire size. Um, so Fusa Raffles, can he get um, a bachelor's best? It'll be a bit of a Nicky Henderson special, wouldn't it, after 327 days off? Um, okay, a few horses definitely still decided where, where they're going to go, but thank you for your... Um, your handicap suggestions and TC, what have you got? Yeah, the Potemps final is probably my favourite handicap of the whole week. Uh, it's a race I always try to get an anti-post punt on. Mm -hmm. um, generally the only anti-post bet I usually have, but I've gone away from that this year with slightly more anti-post bets. Um, this year I thought it was quite difficult, the Potemps final, because yeah. of that Charles Burns horse at the top of the market shoot first, who just looks really well treated and 
won with ease last time at Cheltenham. Um, however, came down on two Gordon Elliott trainees. Gordon Elliott's won this race three times in the last five years. Maxim, I think, is his number one this time around. Um, he's gone up a total of £39 in the handicap this year. But that's because he was just ridiculously well handicapped at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. I still think he's well handicapped now. It just allows him to compete in a race like this because he was rated too low uh, prior to his victory in a qualifier where he bolted up. Last time up, he was really disappointing. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was favourite for the Potemps final before that effort last time. Uh, but he's now been pushed out. But I think that defeat, there are excuses. He was ridden on the bend, which actually this is very similar to last year when Jack Kennedy was on one for Gordon Elliott in uh, Dunboyne it was in that same race he was mm -hmm. ridden on the bend and I fancy Dunboyne for the Potemps final at the time he didn't go on to to feature um, but Maxim was given the same ride he got into significant trouble at the worst possible moment lost all momentum lost loads of ground the leaders went miles clear he was given tender handling from then on in I think you can excuse the effort I think he's well treated Maxim would be my number one the other one is Salvador D uh, Ziggy in the Potemps final another Gordon Elliott uh, runner only if it's good ground if it's not good ground I don't want him yeah. um, he ran okay behind shoot first in the qualifier here in October he'll be well suited by fast conditions but um, yeah if it's anything like good soft soft he's not on my bet slip anymore okay so Maxim and Salvador Ziggy for you in the per temps just the per temps just the per temps just for you okay um, interesting a uh, great race Nicky Hans was six runners as well not not sure, keen on any of them because I've no okay <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to throw in Captain Morgue, so I think they've just been waiting. There's, the thing is, the per temps, everyone's just sort of, they get their prep in and then they wait for them. So everyone's got the similar kind of sort of profile, don't they? But I just like what Captain Morgue did at the track at Cheltenham. And I think he's always been very highly regarded. And I don't think we've seen the best of him. I think he's just been probably quite a tricky one to train. Um, but I do like Captain Morgue's the best of them. But they've got some lovely horses in there, um, including Walking On Air as well. Um, and then thanks to the help has been a real talking horse in the race. Um, but that's the attempts. Um, for me, the plate, we talked about fast or slow, potentially might run in the Ultima. But if he doesn't and he runs in the plate, he's the horse for me for the reason since what we've said. Also, I'm intrigued by Kilkrat. Now, this is a horse that was a brilliant... I thought I was meant to be the mad one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> Give him, bear, bear with me. Obviously, his form as a novice and uh, as a bumper horse, he was going to be the next. Yeah. He was going to be the next coming, wasn't he? And then it just sort of hasn't really worked out for him. And now in a handicap, we've never... I've, I don't think we've ever seen him in a handicap. I don't know what he would be like in a handicap, but I'm willing to go with the class angle in a race like this off possibly quite um, a nice-ish mark. Um, and yes, yeah, he might, he, his head might might not be that, still there, but Willie Mullins is a genius. feel like you're, you think no, I'm I, I, being mental. I really like the horse. Um, I just remember hearing Tony Mullins, who trained him originally, said that he was a very light-framed horse and very difficult to mm. keep condition on. And I just wonder whether you see the best of him first run of the season every season um but yeah he's, he's the classiest horse in the in the race potentially well exactly i just yeah he, he, he is there is there is probably a fragility question mark there um but i'm uh, william mullins a, is a clever man and he's got entries for absolutely everything all the grade one novices and then also these two handicaps and i think if they think that the rating is um fair to give it a go in, in a race like this then I'm I'm happy to go follow them through, but difficult Thursday. I found it really difficult to, to to get the really interesting sections from from Ross. So we've got something for everyone on Thursday. As always, we're going to have a nap and next best selection for Thursday. So TC, you first. Yeah, T Hoopoo in the stairs is my nap. As I say, I'm getting more and more confident that he'll run a good race, but uh, we need testing ground for him. And mm -hmm. then the next best is Bambridge in the Turners. Hopefully, he can uh, out jump Mighty Potter and win. Okay, yeah, the lot of love for Bambridge, which you had as well, Ross. Is he in? Is he in your selections for? He is. He's my next best, and my nap is Lucia in the mess. Yeah, fair enough. Um, can see the case for Lucia. Um, I'm definitely probably warming to her by the end of this. Uh, for me, my nap is Shishkin. Um, the fact that you guys haven't met, met that I was just going to definitely <laughs> throw him there is definitely as a nap. I think we all agree with him. And then fast or slow, um, if he does turn up um, on the Thursday for Martin Brazon, have redemption for last year being done on the line. Um, okay. That's it for Thursday.
Right, on to the final day of the Cheltenham Festival, the Friday, it's Gold Cup Day, the pinnacle of our sport, and we've got so much uh, racing and complimentary action to go through, and we're going to start customary with the, the triumph hurdle for the juveniles over two mile one furlongs, a race that the Irish have dominated, and I think we safe to say that uh, the division for us here in the UK is somewhat far, far, far behind, um, and that's reflected in the betting. It's just a, a Willie Mullins bingo, really, and... Uh, I suppose, who's the best of them? What do you think, Ross? Blood Destiny is the most suited to this race. And I think that's a really important distinction. Mm -hmm. um, Lossy Mouth has been showing banks of speed off the same pace. Got penned in last time. She so can put a line through that run in terms of her form. Um, but it takes a stayer to win a triumph. Um, it's on the new course. It's a long way home. Only two hurdles in the last, God knows, however many miles. Um, you have to stay. And I just question whether she's got the stamina for this. Whereas Blood Destiny, mm. I have no question over his stamina whatsoever. The price has shortened somewhat in the, in the, in the last week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was a bigger price, but I think he's the most likely winner. And I think actually Gala Masso will finish in front of Lossy Mouth again, because for all she's keen, I think she'll see it out better as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's Blood Destiny is, is the most suited of willies to this race. But if you like Blood Destiny, you do have to give a mention to Bo Zenit, who mm -hmm. beats Blood Destiny in France. And I think if it rained, that would help him. Absolutely bombed out at Sandown. Looked better at Haydock. Gary Moore is a trainer I've got plenty of time for. Um, but, yeah, I think Blood Destiny beats the two fillies. Yeah, you're you're right. The confidence has kind of been building gradually. If you if you look around, see what, what where the prices are, are are really suggesting that one horse is more superior than the other. Then it is Blood Destiny who missed the Dublin Racing Festival, and that was probably for the best because it was a bit of a nightmare for Lossy Mouth. And Willie Mullins did come out and say the warrior really was quite visibly worried about the market was going to leave for her. Don't really see Willie Mullins like that that often. No, I commented about it on social media at the time actually. I I can't ever remember Willie mm. ripping a shred off a jockey in public. And he did it twice on that occasion because it's Fasal Vega and Lossy Mouth. And I I think um, I'd be more concerned about it leaving a mark on Lossy Mouth than I would the Dublin Racing Festival run leaving a mark on Fasal Vega because Fine. she did run very, very hard from turning in. And it's often lost on people on the TV. And I was surprised when I first went to Leopardstown. It's a really tough finish you know that from when they turn out the back they're climbing pretty much all the way until the last 50 yards where it levels out um that was a big effort i think for four-year-old fillies and the reason fillies get a weight allowance is because they are a slightly more fragile yeah uh, type of animal and youngsters are less physically developed than older horses so i think relatively speaking that type of run can leave a mark on a youngster bigger than on an old horse. And Willie Mullins is saying he didn't know why Paul needed to get his, his stick out, really, and ask her when she was beaten anyway. Yeah, I mean, that, I think, well, the reason I have to do that because it's a race in its own right, and, yeah. and the rules say you have to achieve your best possible mm. finishing mm. place, and that's what Paul was doing. But I think we all know that sometimes it's, and I've mentioned it before, that sometimes when horses make mistakes, I don't understand why jockeys don't just pull up and say to the stewards, I had no chance of winning. Mm. And there was a race X, Y, or Z in the future that I can look after my horse for. And that's a welfare issue. We can get carried yeah. into that. So um, for me, I just think Lost Mouth had a hard race and I'd be surprised if Paul Town rode her. That was going to be my next point about jockeys. And he obviously has the number one choice. But you feel with what the market is saying that it's going to be Blood Destiny. And he's just had, as we've looked throughout the course of these, you know, of, the, of these days, who's had the best prep in to Cheltenham? Blood Destiny has. Everything is sort of going for him. He, he just, it, 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 it seems to me that he's, he's, the, he's the ready made type. He's the horse that Willie Mullins didn't need to really send to the Dublin Racing Festival. And the confidence there. He's my section. What about you? Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's the horse to beat. I would, if you ask me for who's the most likely winner, I would say Blood Destiny. Um, yeah. Much prefer him to Lossy Mouth. I'm going to throw you both under the bus here. How many Phillies have won this race since 2000? Hit me with a number. Zero. Zero. Two. 
Yeah. Um, burning victory in 2020 uh, yeah, and snowdrop in 2000 Phillies just don't win the triumph hurdle um, and she <laughs> she only won it because yeah and Goshen unseated so yeah. she was a fortunate winner mm. and snowdrop was French so you know there are reasons for why uh, <laughs> she won um, they obviously get hurdling a lot earlier than, than our uh, four year olds so yeah I think Blood, Blood Destiny is by far the most likely winner Lossy Mouth would be a lay for me I think if I'm playing this race it would be to lay Lossy Mouth and not necessarily back anything else um However, you know, we want an each way or a win selection. So mm-hmm. I'll try and give you two at big prices. And Ross has stole my thunder slightly with Bo Zenith. I think he's uh, got a good chance at big odds just because he beat Blood Destiny in France. Mm. Underperformed first time up over here, better last time out. And the other one is Right So Tom, who has no chance. If you look on paper, no, no chance. One but... of more interesting reasons to put up a horse has no chance. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> This right, also, so Tom, can you explain? This? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. this horse has the capability of improving a great deal. He's with Tom Mullins, who's known for doing fantastically well with one horses that are under uh, not considered for races, but two young horses. And actually, right, so Tom made a, a good move into the race on uh, Rule's debut behind Zarek the Brave. Now, Zarek the Brave was one of the leading players in this race uh, before well, everything went went awry. So I think, right, so Tom's got an each-way chance. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win. Maybe you want to be looking at extra places, mm-hmm. you know, place-only kind of bet. But, um, yeah, he's under the radar, so I'll put him up. Yeah, we have seen some big price winners um, of this race. We've also seen some uh, the favourites winner. I don't think there's a – well, maybe Blood Destiny is the Vauban. He might be, but I think Vauban was like possibly a little bit more obvious because – he was a good thing last year. He was year, a real, really good thing at six to four as well. Yeah. Um, blood destiny for me. I think, yeah, Bozenif, I just, I don't know, needs to jump better. The jumping wasn't good enough last time. Um, I think maybe, that's factored into the price though, right? Yeah, that's exactly what, that's exactly it. And I'm sure they've done a lot of work with him and um, the, the more team know how to get a right horse. But as we've, as I said at the beginning, when previewing this race, I don't think our form is as strong as the Irish. So, um, that would be my slight concern. Right, on to the Albert Bartlett we go. Um, a race which I know myself and TC are like you, after are, last year. Are you going to steal my thunder? That's the question here. No. Go for it. Go on, go no, on. No, 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 I'm not. I think we've all got our own our own, own reasoning yeah. around horses. And there are two I like in this race. And I know there's two that we all like in this race. But it's just a race I really like working out. I don't know why. I think it's because there's so much potential with a lot of them. You're sort of trying to find clues that aren't that obvious yeah. and the style of racing bringing out the best of them and the nice guy was a horse that just was taking everyone's surprise taking Willie Mullins by surprise does he have the winner of this race does his nephew Emmett Mullins have the winner of this race he's the one Corbett's Cross Ross who has it, it, he's got all the experience anyway yeah recently brought by JP Mass after having one run for Paul Burns yeah That's incredible piece of business mm-hmm. um you have to question why JP's people weren't getting it bought first time out, but there we are. Um, clearly got proven stamina for three miles, beat Seabank Bistro at Limerick um, very easily. Um, and then beat Founder 50 at Nace. And that form has taken a bit of a boost with Parmenian, who was behind Founder 50 winning uh, this Sunday. Um, I think Founder 50 is a good horse over two miles. Mm. Um, that Corbett's Cross was able to do that. I mean, we, we mentioned before, probably the only trainer in the country that would have run Corbett's Cross over two miles, um, showed loads of speed. You have to stay. He's got a nice profile for it. I just think he's got a class edge. He's going to travel easier than most of this field, and he'll definitely see it out at the at the back end. I think uh, three to one is still a decent price for Corbett's Cross. And then my old mate, Canty Classico, that you can mm. laugh at me about yeah. again. Um, I actually watched the race back from Wincanton this morning just gets his head down and gallops. Yeah. You know, if there was a four mile or a five mile or six mile, this is the horse for it. Whether he's a now horse, I don't know, but he's 33 to one. And in a race that I think's yet to really take shape, um, I'm happy to take a chance with him. Yeah, okay. He's, he's a horse that I think they would have they would have been desperately keen to run in one of the handicaps. He just did, didn't qualify. Um, Corbett's Cross, uh, likely to be favourite of this race, but things could change. I'm, I, it's, it's always open. There's always a good value to be had. Now I know that we've got. We know we both know each other's selections, so it's fine. But I'm gonna let TC go for it and go and detail detail why you like one horse and maybe we have the same reasons. Maybe we're gonna even enhance it even more. So go for it. <laughs> yeah, Shambali Kid is the horse we're talking about here. Um, trained by Willie Mullins. He's a big price in the field. He's currently twenty to one. You know, last year, everyone overlooked the nice guy, despite having wins next to his name. Shambali Kid doesn't necessarily have wins, but he won first time up 
uh, last time up, sorry, where he was actually really impressive. He didn't jump very well, but he stayed. And that's what you want from a horse uh, like Shambali Kid in an Albert Bartlett. He's been heavily punted both starts, which I think is key given connections. And last time he beat a horse called Monty's. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to steal it. I was going to go for it. I don't mind. He, he beat a horse called Monty's Star, who you liked for this race prior yeah. uh, to, to, that, uh, to that race. And he beat him quite comfortably. I think there's plenty of improvements come from Shambali Kid. He's actually my number two selection in the race, but that could easily become number one because I was reading a Willie Mullins stable tour last night that one um, organization has, has uh, compiled and there was no mention of Seabank Bistro, which is a slight concern for me. He was going to be my number one pick in the Albert Bartlett. Mm. I was really keen on him, in fact, um, but no mention. But there was of Shambali Kid, which puts me off slightly. Yeah, I- to that point, I was just exactly the same as you. <laughs> I went looking for all the Willie Mullins previews because there's so many of them. Yeah. And he's got so many horses. He can't include all of them. I couldn't find Shambali Kid in that many of them either. No. So it was a bit of, I don't know if it's because he's under the radar or he doesn't know. And this is why I like him because he doesn't know how good he is. Yes. Uh, the one I read was published yesterday and there was mention. So oh. I would say we've got fingers crossed and we're, we're, yeah. we're looking good. <laughs> Whereas uh, Seabank Bistro... I'm not looking so good now, man's post bet. But what I will say about him, yes, he got beat by Corbett's Cross, but Corbett's Cross is three to one. Seabank Bistro is 22s. And Seabank Bistro was not given a good ride that day. And he was sent off odds on or near mm. enough uh, to beat Corbett's Cross. I think he's got a good chance of running close with that rival who's a much shorter price. I would put him up as my nap of the day. And I know we're going to come to that later. But as I say, with the, the tenuous fact that he might not be running in the race, I won't be putting up as my nap of the day. But I think he's got a great chance if he does. Okay. So Seabank Bistro and Shambali Kid. Seabank yes. uh, Bistro, obviously we've got so many Willie Mullins horses. Again, it's another one. I don't know what the jockeys are going to decide. And I feel Paul Townend is likely to be on Embassy Gardens, yeah. who, who has for a long time. And he's done nothing wrong. He bolted up at, at Thurls last time. He's, you know, he, he's got the right makeup for this race. I just think there are other horses that look like a genuine sort of long-term pro- prospect stayers. Um, I'd love to see Danny Mullins riding um, our selection, Jambadi Kid. I think he he can he just he's just so good wherever you want to put a horse. But he tra- he travel he def- definitely doesn't jump very well. No, but I think a better race might help him. And, and experience I, as and well. the experience. But I think a better race, a faster tempo, will bring out a better horse. And we don't know how good he is yet. He's a very strong traveller. He's travelled very strongly into that last race yeah. and saw it out ni- nicely. And the better he went, maybe it might not be soft enough for him. He's a horse by presenting. He could be that kind of gold cup type in mm-hmm. the future for the future. And just watching it again, because obviously I did say the horse that beat. Are you him, watching not, it right now? Monty Star. No, I'm just looking <laughs> at his form. I did say Monty Star in our preview because I think I like the fact that he's a relation to Mon Lee. And again, he could be better for, for a bit further. But I, I just like the idea of Willie Mullins with the 20 to 1 yeah. horse who's won last time in an Albert Bartlett, who's kind of reminiscent to the night sky. Yeah, it's that he'd forgotten he trained in that, various. Yeah, terms. that he's kind of gone under his radar. I don't know. Don't I don't know why. It's just a little, like kind of something that it caught my attention really, really, really late last night. You know, when you can't sleep at night. Um, poor, poor jumping isn't necessarily a problem in this race, is it? Because no. the herders are so spaced out and so much galloping to do in the last part of the race that you can afford. Probably one of the few races actually you can afford to miss a hurdle or two mm-hmm. and still get your ground back. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really fair point. Um, and the other one is Favri de Champoudou, who I did put up last time, same owner as Gigginson House Stud. He's got three entries in the Ballymore, the Albert Bartlett and the and the Martin Pipe. Um, I don't think, I think like you'd imagine he'd go here. Um, same ownership. He definitely, definitely does stay. He might, I just worry he might, they might not send him if the ground's not soft enough. So I'm not too sure about him. Um, but the Shambali kid for myself and Tom um, would be, my first selection anyway, Ross Corbett's Cross and Gianti Classico for the Albert Bartlett. Great race. Really enjoyed getting into that race from a betting perspective. But the best of them all has to be the Gold Cup, which we'll get to now. And uh, three mile, two and a half furlongs as customary. And we've got a really, really good race. Um, you know, it's at this stage where you're just hoping that everything just stands its ground because um, having no long presse is a shame. Really, really hope to see him. But Gallop de Champ, Aplutard, Statler, Brave Man's Game, Noble Yates, Conflated, Ahoy Senor. You just got a bit of everything. The best of the Brits, the best of the Irish, a horse in Gallop de Champ who could be a real, real superstar, couldn't he? But he's not done it over this trip at Cheltenham yet. And he has to prove that he can definitely stay Ross. Yeah. 
and you will not know that he definitely stays until he takes the final two strides up the yeah. hill because it is that much of a, a test. I mean, first, you're absolutely right. It's nice because when you talk to people that aren't as immersed in racing as, as we all are, they, they talk about two races, the, the Grand National and the Gold Cup. And quite often people say, oh, are you excited about the Gold Cup? And you think, I'm excited for Cheltenham, but actually the Gold Cup is not yeah. a great race. Whereas mm -hmm. this year, it is a really, really good race. Um, I think Galloping de Champ will stay. I've backed him anti-post. I'm not going to touch him at the current prices because I think there's absolutely no value in it. Um, it's an, a remarkable training performance to change this horse in a season from the tearaway, free-going, bold-jumping horse over two and a half mile he was last year to lobbing away last time behind the bridle, looking like a handicap chaser. Um, it gives him every chance of seeing out the trip. But actually on my, my feed yesterday, uh, one man came up you know, winning the mm. champion chase and powering up the hill. And you just know that he, you know, would turn in at Cheltenham and, and not get up the hill. And it's happened so many times before. So at the prices, I'm not confident enough that he'll stay up the hill. But he's a class, class horse. I love him to bits. I hope he wins. Um, at the prices, a horse I'm very confident will stay up the hill is Statler. Mm. And nine to one is an absolute gift of an each way price because if he doesn't beat Gallup in the shop, he'll be the next best behind him. Yeah. I'm convinced of that. Um, he'll stay well. Patrick Mullins knows him really well. Talk about an amateur in a gold cup, but Patrick is an amateur, perhaps in a little bit of style, but in terms of racing brain and now an experience, he's, you know, probably top 10 in mm -hmm. top 10 riding. Um, won the, won the national hunt chase last year. So the track holds no fear. Um, if the ground came soft, it makes it more of a test. I don't think he wants soft ground, but I think it would perhaps expose the stamina of a few others. And then just one again, a massive price who will be ridden to pick up the pieces because again, there's a chance this could be a frenetic gallop. If it is a frenetic gallop, Aldorado Allen will have no part in it whatsoever and could just run past some very tired horses into a place he's 100 to 1. Mm. You know, he's not, he's not useless. He's not the class of some of these. But if some of them shoot themselves in the foot by going too quick, he's classy enough that he could make the frame. Okay. Yeah. Big, big price for Joe Tizard's runner, Aldorado Allen. Um, the ra this race, you know, again, as as they all are, the championship race is fascinating tactically. And just to, to to put this point, you know, how do you see it unfolding? What do you see, you know, from first to second fence, or how or how would you want it to be set up for a horse like Statler? For a horse like Statler, I think he's. I think he wants to make it, but I think he'll be right up there. Um, I think a horse in your might go and try and make it, um, and. I've been really, was really keen on him last year and I've probably been a bit rude about him this year. They've done a really good job training him. He looked much, much better last time, albeit in a, a mm. weaker sort of race. Um, this trip will suit him on this track. His jumping for me is still a concern, but maybe he comes right at this time of year. But I think he'll make it. I think Statler will force it. And I think Paul Tamman will try and find a pocket probably down the rail. I think he will ride in brave down the rail. He did that with elbow and photo, yeah, didn't he? Pop away, pop away, and then get his elbows out just to find himself a bit of racing room, turning down the turning down the hill. The great thing about a horse in your is he jumps out to his right. So mm -hmm. that should create because horses will follow, so that should create room for Paul Tampi to stay able to stay on the rail and find a pocket of space as opposed to having to to navigate around the outside. Um so yeah, it, it's going to be, I, can't, I, really, yeah. I really, really can't wait to see what happens. And I just hope that Galloping de Champ is still there jumping the last. <coughs> and then we find out just how good he how, is. How special he could be. Okay, interesting. So if you, if you think, and I, I agree with you, you think a hoist is going to go out, make it, make it, you know, make a good jump, jumping test as well. Where is Braveman's game in all of this, TC? I think he sits four wide up front and... Uh... Fails to get up the hill, unfortunately. I, I oh. think he stays, but at the same time, lost the faith. I, I have lost the faith. It's not actually no. It's not that I've lost the faith. I still believe in this horse. I feel, still think he's a Grade One top chaser. I just don't think this track is suitable for him. And I think he's already run his Gold Cup this year. I think he ran that around Christmas time. I think he'll come back for entry and maybe win an entry. But this race is red hot. We've already discussed. Ross and you have both touched on how many brilliant mm. horses are in here. Unfortunately, that means the market has it pretty spot on because a race with such liability, uh, so many anti-post bets, the market is going to correct itself. We're going to have the right price on the majority of horses. And I think that's kind of the case right now. There's no value in many of those at the top of the market. Um, I'm with Ross very much with Statler. Put him up actually um, the day after he won the National Hunt Chase last year, 18 to 1. 
which I think is a good bet. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm, I'm not uh, averse to tooting my own horn. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I think What's that was the handle. Uh, at Tom Tim, where's the camera? There, I should know that. We've done four, two hours of podcast now. I didn't even know where the camera was. Um, yes, uh, but I think Statler's got a great each way chance. He's the best each way bet of the day because he's going to be staying on and loads of these are going to be crying enough coming up the hill. He won't be. Mm. He'll, he'll relish the distance. He's trained by the leading trainer. Two good runs this season. Stayed on well behind Gallup and Deschamps last time. First time up, developed into a sprint, which is the one thing he does not want. No. Yet he's still almost hit the front from Manella Rindo, who battled back and beat him. Um, yeah, great way back. Yeah, and he had the weight disadvantage yeah. in here that day. So if you think it will help benefit Astaire, why can't we have a bit on Noble Yates? I backed him last time out. I was disappointed, I have to say. Without the cheap pieces on, put them back on. I no. really worry about his jumping in a mm. race of this class. Yeah. I think he can get quite low, a bit guessy. Okay. Um, it, it, if he's still in there with a chance, he'll come up the hill well. Um, but yeah, I just worry that he'll make enough, mis- not dramatic mistakes, fiddly mistakes and just get himself on the back foot with with too much to do. Um, and then we mentioned it about Lossy Mouth getting a tough ride mm. with one eye on the Grand National. Are they absolutely going to want to go to the bottom of him to finish fourth or fifth in a, in a Gold Cup? I completely agree with what TC said about Brave Man's game, but I would say if, if Harry Cobden's sitting four wide outside of Hoy Senor, he'll be severely testing uh, Paul Nichols' faith in him. Yeah. That would, <laughs> do what that he did in the King George again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think he'll go down the rail or he'll try and go down the rail, use his jumping. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I just can't see it that <clears throat> he's going to stay this trip in, in this fierce, ferocious gallop. Yeah, I, look, they, I think they have to. They have to do it. It's like uh, Candace Abo. They, they had to go to the Gold Cup. You can't not. There's no real reason why you got, can't give it a go. No. Um, but I think he feels like he's got a different, very different kind of horse than he does to that. I would, though, tend to agree. I think that was that was his Gold Cup. And Gallop and Deschamps could be extra, extra special. Then what about the slight fly in the ointment, which is my selection, a Plutard. Last year's winner. Loves it at Cheltenham. Comes into his own at this kind of year, at this time of year, I think, as well. Obviously, that Peter's name is completely against everything that you believe in. <laughs> it can't have a letter and then back a horse oh, that their last run. But he, that clearly wasn't him. You were, you have said this before. You said about Shishkin. You can forgive a very, very good horse for one bad run. Yes, we haven't seen him for a long time. There's a bit of confidence suddenly in the market around him. I... I think if we're saying that Statler's a good price at nine to one, a Plutard at eight to one, last year's when he's done it, been there, got the t-shirt, that's I'm happy with that. Are you not concerned that last year they went fairly pedestrian in a gold <clears> cup and just the quicker horse ran past slow horses up the up the hill? Um, because that's how I sort of mm. view him. Um I think it's a better race this year. Yeah. I do, definitely, hundred percent do. But he but, was a very easy winner last year. Yeah, but I think he's I just have more confidence around a horse who's done it before. Ron. On last year's performance, he should be three to one. But the Betfair chase, obviously, was a it's, complete It's helped the up. price, it essentially. Has, but then now you're factoring in, will he perform? Exactly. What, what, what have they been doing with him? What's he been like at home? There's a lot of unknowns there. I think but... he's a, a Marmite horse in this Gold Cup. I think you either love him and think yeah. he's going to bounce right back and therefore a phenomenal price, or you hated that run last time. I can't forgive him. Exactly. So you're either with it. And I think, again, I, I, I would love to see a, a superstar win this race um and Gallup Deschamps could be that but as the points of you said it's just too skinny now yeah no he's uh Appetite's a really really smart horse Henry de Bromhead's form all season has been a bit in and out and they're not they're not yet hitting form I mean I hope I hope they will because it brings something extra to the festival um for many many reasons if this horse wins the gold cup I would have absolutely no quibbles and think it was a a poor gold cup and a poor Mm. result um, because we then have a dual gold cup winner trained by Henry Bromhead. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can see the angle. I just think he'd like a slow pace that he can quicken off. And I think he's going to have to do a lot more in the middle part of the race and that might not suit him. Yeah, it'll be a phenomenal training performance. Yeah, he's not going into Cheltenham as it stands. Sixth March today with the best form. He hasn't had a winner this month. He only had four in February. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. Um, that that is That does concern me. Um, but... Yeah, I, as TC's quite right, he said it is a Marmite, um, a Marmite horse, and but I, I just I think that's a good price, and uh, as you say, the same for Statler as well. So both so a lot, of, and I think was it not this time last year, both 
both very much napped Sattler as well. Um, And that was probably one of the the best results for for your week. So let's see if he can do it again for you guys, keeping the faith in Sattler and Aplutard for me in a race, which is all the talk has always has been for a long time about Gallup and Deschamps. But it will be a wonderful race, wonderful race to watch. I'm looking forward to that on the final day of the Cheltenham Festival. Okay, we've got one more race we're going to focus on. And then we've got our fancies from the handicaps, the Mare's Chase. not, I don't particularly have mass, any massive opinions. Either of you have a massive opinion that you want to share? Um, not massive opinion. I very firmly of the belief that Allegory Tavassi is a much better horse than Impervious. Oh, um, okay. I think she's. I think she's not really, a massive opinion. Then comes I, out with that. Yeah, I know. I, I think she's a really nice horse. That said, six to four, given what she did at the first fence last time, is enough to put me off. Um, be absolutely no surprise to see a bolt in, but I can happily watch her at, at that price. I think she's a really nice <clears throat> animal. I don't understand why LMA is 25 to 1, because we had this last year that the novices made up the bulk of the, the market. Mm. And actually, when it came to it, their lack of experience was fairly telling. Um, so I think Ellie May, I will definitely have a few pounds on her, because I think you know what you're going to get with her. Or she may just be slightly on the downgrade, but I'm prepared to chance that she's not. And then tell me something, girl, um, has got form, her form that ties them in with this. She lacks a bit of experience. She's from Henry. Could Bond she Houston. jump? I think she's jumped patchily. Um, and I think I like Henry de Bromhead training chases. Like, I think they jump well. So I think if she lines up here, mm. she'll have shown something at home that suggests that she's taken her learning and can do better. But I take on board that she's not been the best jumper, but she's 20 to 1. Allegory de Vassi is six to four, so I'd happily take my chance because um, I think she's got ability. She yeah. sent off a fairly short price for the mayor's hurdle last year. Oh, I, don't know. I don't know if she can jump at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the, a race which I didn't think we would have massive opinions about is it actually turned into quite a good race to watch last year, but I, I completely disagree about Impervious Allegory de Vassi. I think Impervious is totally underrated for what she's done, what she achieved, what she did last time. You're agreeing with me, TV? Yeah, I'm fully with you. Yeah. I think Impervious is the, the filly uh, to be on, the mare to be on here. She's six from nine in her career. She's three mm. from three this season. She smashed Dino Blue uh, on a penultimate outing and then last time out gave weight and a beating to Journey With Me, who I've always considered a really good horse. Uh, also in that field was Manella Kruna and Hardor, both of whom, yes, aren't grade one horses, but they've run well since. That was a, cl- a clear career best. She stays, she jumps. Allegory de Vassi, I know my old colleague David Jennings at Racing Post, uh, has napped this horse for the week. How can you nap a horse that jumps like this? No horse can win at Cheltenham, apart from Mount Ida, that jumps that drastically out to the right. She has all the ability. She's probably the best horse in the race. I agree with Ross there. Massive engine, but she will be losing lengths at every fence. If you watch this in running, and after three fences, she's jumping straight, she'll be a very short price. But I doubt that'll be the case. Yeah, she gave Paul Townend the scare of his life. But it was actually more... If Paul Tannon hadn't stayed on board, I think everyone mm. would have, he would have given, got a, a very hard time. But she's, she's quite exuberant. She's sort of overjumps, isn't she? Yeah, but she, she, she learned after it. Like she didn't carry on doing the same mm. daft nonsense. And, and they are allowed to make, you know, in my sport, eventually we, we train them quite a lot to let them make a mistake and take the learning. And if they don't take the learning, you're perhaps looking to let someone else ride them. But yeah. I think she's, she got better as she went on. And, the jumping to the right, there's a lot of space to the right at that fence in particular. So I wouldn't have, you know, when you're turning left, they tend to be thinking left and there's a rail to a left. So I'm not completely sold she can jump out to a right. I just hope she doesn't launch at one early on. Uh, there's too many inconsistencies no, there too. for me then. Part I, I'd agree. Straight as a die, solid, jumps through a brick, um, runs through a brick wall for you. Love her. Absolutely love her. Um, and yeah, big, big. Big thumbs up for Impervious for me and the mares. Um, but, and, and TCA is in agreement. Tell me something, girl, on any May for Ross in the mares chase, which, uh, I didn't think we'd have so many big opinions on, but <laughs> good, good that, good, good that we've kept it running. Right. We're nearly coming to the end now. And, um, Friday can sometimes be the day that you need to get out of a bit of trouble, especially when it gets right at the end of the Martin Pipe and Bambridge definitely did last year for me. Um, obviously there's the county, um, hurdle as well. There's the fox hunters. So Ross, I'll start with you. What what, what do you like outside of our main feature races? So in the county, I tipped Pembroke on my Twitter, an unusual Twitter tip um, three or four weeks ago. He was 16 to 1. He's now 8 to 1 for the county. Just didn't stay last time, but did everything else really nicely through the race, travelled well. 
in what is normally an Irish benefit, Dan Skelton's the only British trainer in recent times really to stand up to them. He's won it three times. So I think mm-hmm. he knows the type of horse it takes to win. But Mark of 136 was perfectly fair. Soaring Glory's back on his last winning mark. He's he's a sort of horse that's disappeared, but he'll love a fast pace and he'd love it if it was, the ground was good. You have to mention Sharjah off 155. That looks workable. Mm. And they did it with Arctic Fire. I think he won off 158, I think, or something like that. Um, I just, with Sharjah, wouldn't be convinced that he wants the hustle and bustle of a handicap. Just wonder whether he likes doing his own thing in a slightly smaller championship race field and picking up the pieces, whereas in this he's going to have to do everything through all of the race. So those are my three in the county. In the Martin Pipe, I really like Hiroko. Mm. Oliver Greenall, Josh Guerrero trained, beat Rafferty's return an easy 14 lengths last time. Now, Rafferty's return is not a superstar horse, but he is a solid mid-120s to low-130s horse every day of the week. Uh, Oroka beat him really easily. These guys know how to line one up and have a target. Um, So I'd be really keen on him. Uh, And then the Hunter Chase, which I do like as a a race. Um, Dandy Dan is 25 to 1. Flew home in the Horse and Hound Cup last season to be beaten about 10 lengths behind Vorsalet, who's favourite for this race. He was 30 lengths turning out the back at Stratford. That was under a novice rider who probably gave him a little bit too much to do. I've spoken to the uh, trainer, James Bourne. They've got James King booked. He had a sit on him this weekend. Um, he ran third in the point-to-point last time, again, given a bit too much to do by the novice rider. Uh, they say he's in great form. He'll love the Cheltenham Hill. He's already won at Cheltenham at the Hunter Chase meeting uh, in May, which if you've not ever been, is a brilliant race meeting to go mm. to. Um, I think he's got an outstanding chance, 25 to 1. He will not be, if Forsley wins, he'd be just behind him. He's a really, really strong stayer. Um, and as we've mentioned before, these amateur races, they can go hard early. The harder they go early, the better he's going to come home. Same for Premier Magic. He was quietly fancied last year and got hampered at sort of fifth or sixth fence and was on the back foot, could never get into it. Uh, Bradley Gibbs says he's in good order and he's an, an intended runner. Um, so those are my two in that. But Dandy Dan is a, is a good bet, 25 to 1, I think. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, it's um, uh, Dave Christie's got some very nice horses in that race, isn't he? I actually really like Fern's Lock. I think I'm very impressed with what he did beating Billaway the last time. But Vorsley. He's keeping a run. I think, Fern, I think Fern's Lock is I think unlikely. Keep, I think they can fine. keep him back for a year, yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Then Vorsley, um, best of Dave Christie's and trying to sort of get redemption for getting beaten on the line last year um, with the winged leader, uh, who might go as well. I don't know. He's think so, in, it, it, in yeah. it too. Um, yeah, and for what it's worth, Rocco, I agree with, agreement with, I think Toby wins. Good young man. I assume that he'll be yeah. on board. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's gone through his claim quite quickly. Perhaps he wouldn't mm. have as much experience as some of them, but he's riding really well this season. Yeah, okay. Um, thank you. Some very interesting handicap selections for the Friday. What about you, TC? Nothing else for me at this stage. Um, Betting.getsbk.com on the day, the day before. You'll get some selection for every race. But yeah, no no extra selections right now. Okay. So, um, yeah, as I said, Oroco for me. I've also liked Three Card Brag and the Martin Pipe as well. like to see if Kian Quirk, I want to see what he gets on. i disappoint you now. He only said yesterday he goes to the Albert Bartlett. Oh, right. Okay. There we go. Thank Lie you. Lie through that one. Lie through that one. I'll cut that one out. Thanks. <laughs> there's, there's time to change. I, I saw an interview. Ruby Walsh had said to him to go for the Martin Pipe because they'd win it. Yeah. Um, well, now you sleep on that. That's Ruby Walsh giving you a bit of information. He knows what it takes to win a few challenges. So maybe mm. now he's heard Jess Stafford as well. <laughs> Ruby Walsh and Jess Stafford. Maybe Max McNeil will change his mind and go to the Martin Pipe. Okay. Well, for what it's worth, I'll say Martin Pipe, you know, is for the conditional jockeys. We've seen some excellent jockeys through the years. Um, JJ Slevin, John J. Neal Jr., um, Sean O'Keefe two years ago. I think it can really be a, a moment um, for these jockeys to go from one one point in their career to the next. And just another word on King Quirk, I think he's been very, very, very good this season. And I'd be interested to see whatever he gets on. So there we go. Something a bit different for you for <laughs> to end out the Fridays. Um, to, your, to TC's point about the content that we've got over the over the Cheltenham Festival, TC and Ross will be back to preview every day of the Cheltenham Festival. So make sure you subscribe to the SBK Betting Podcast on YouTube, whatever uh, podcast provider you listen to, um, to get more from them, uh, real-time updates, as things will be changing, won't they, throughout the course yeah. of the next while. Ground is a big factor. Make sure every horse is... <laughs> 
not stepping on any stones. They're, you know, they're waking up happy on the right side of the bed. So we're the right place to give you real time up to date information when you need it. Okay, we've come to the end. We've got to the end of the point where we've gone through all of our main feature races. We've given you everything that we have revised. We've been studying hard for you all. And now we are going to have a nap and a next best and a place play from all of us, each one uh, for the whole festival in total. So TC, take it away. Yeah, we'll keep it simple. John Barn in the Arkle is my festival nap. I don't think he gets beat. Uh, T Hoopoo in the Stayers would be my next best. I just, as I keep saying, I love him more and more. I don't really like Blazing Cal. I think you've got to take him on. And Florian Porter is one of my lays of the day. And my place play is Statler because why not? You know, he's a great price. He's going to be staying well up the hill. Others are going to be crying enough. He won't be. He'll finish in the frame no matter what. Brilliant. Okay. Um, so from one to the next, have you got any similar ones, Ross? We'll see if you match or you no, something a bit different. TC's going to scout me. The, the nap is Lucia. The like next that. best is Gaia Domenio. Just terrible. Oh, terrible. <laughs> but, I, but I make up for it with the place players Dandy Dan in the Fox Hunters. I like it. Fine. Okay. God, real U-turns, isn't it? Strange. <laughs> I don't know if we can talk again after this. Okay, my nap is Jerry Kalom, uh, much to the disapproval of uh, the two men on either side of me, but I think he's one of the best horses of the week. Really looking forward to seeing him and what's not a great renewal of that race. I think he can get the job done. Um, HMS Seahorse in the Coral Cup for Paul Nolan, very true judge. I think they've laid this horse out for that race. I'm looking forward to that. And then Oroko, who myself and um, Ross both like uh, running in the Martin Pipe. Um, that will be my place play. So that is it. Those of our naps are next best. I think all that is left to say is good luck. Enjoy. Enjoy the four days. Thank you, TC. Thank you, Ross, for joining me. And let's see how we get on. Good luck.